You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone with the top Red Wings on the standing pass. And welcome to the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Association, episode number 32, episode Tim Shevelday. Wow. Episode Stu Grimson. And then we can even probably do Lash Off, but, you know, we don't know where <laughs> Lash Off's at. Welcoming into the studio today, after a brief hiatus. Yeah. The incomparable but- one. The man, the myth, the legend, Art Regner. Art, welcome back to the big boy chair. Well, thank you, uh, Newman. I, I appreciate uh, being here. It's great to see you and Jessica again. And uh, you know, I have my I have a root beer and a water, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> and you got your phone charging too. And that's yeah, my important. phone is charging. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go to Verizon very soon and uh, bitch up a storm. I think. Well, you wouldn't be the first one to bitch up a storm with Verizon. I'm going to tell you that. So, with that, as we get going, I want to remind everybody about. Social media, you can always find us on Facebook, whether or not you like Facebook right now. It's really inconsequential. Uh, but you can find us on <laughs> on Facebook at the Detroit Red Wing Alumni or whatever Russian it happens to be in by the time we get done. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni and on Instagram, which has really been our social media of choice. Lately, uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback on what we're doing on Instagram. So once again, that's Detroit Red Wing alumni on Instagram. Now, we've got Art in studio today. What we are missing is the man with the face for radio, number 41, Eddie Meal. We want to give a shout out to Eddie. Eddie has been under the weather for about – this is his second week, and he's really – we had to put him on IR. Wow. He's not even on long you know, term or short term. Uh, he's been long term for a couple of weeks, so this might be a thirty day, 
you know, Eddie is always, <laughs> you know, a whirling dervish when it comes to everything that we do on the alumni side. And it's unusual for him to say, you know what, I'm just down. And when I talked to him on the phone the other day, he was like, I can't make it. Which is a positive aspect sometimes when Eddie can't talk. But on this one here, we really kind of miss Eddie. So we know we've missed you. You've missed us. Uh, we've been rotating hosts a little bit while you've been gone, Art. Uh, we've had Darren McCarty in the chair. We've had Eddie in the chair. Sometimes we have just one. Sometimes we have both. Uh, I make fun of Eddie um, because he's like, yeah, I can't do it this week. And then I say, not a problem. You know what? I got Darren coming in. And then he'll call me an hour later. Yeah, I'm going to come in. I think he's a little bit jealous of our man, D-Man. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the uh, the aging veteran uh, not wanting to give a spot up to uh, the young upstart. <laughs> he, he always thinks he can't move without him. And then when it starts moving without him, it's exactly what it is. It's the old um, Eddie Mio Grant Fuhr days, I believe. So Get Art, better, Eddie. Yeah, for sure get better. So, Art, you got to tell me what's been going on in Art's world. Well, uh, I am the uh, editorial assistant for DetroitRedWings.com. Spread out. And covered the team along with uh, uh, my colleague, Dana Wakiji, who does an absolutely tremendous job. And I started, as you know, Newman, a podcast with Kevin Allen a few years ago called The Red and White Authority. And we did about 30 of them. And then when I was hired by the Red Wings, which uh, I've now been there for over a year, uh, they asked me to do a podcast. Dana specifically said, you've got to do a podcast, like being on the radio. And I, you know, I knew what a podcast was. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. Because we, because we've done it. Well, yeah. You know, well, she just said to me, because you've been on the radio for so many years, you could do it. So I've done uh, 54 of them. Wow. 54, 54 episodes. Plus, you tack on the ones I did with Kevin. The Red and White Authority is like, like all, near 80 episodes. But uh, the last one uh, that's up on their site, actually, the way podcasts are, you can get all of them. The, there's mm -hmm. a list of all, you know, 54 that I've done. Uh, and, and so that's been really rewarding. I mean, I've had everything from scouts, uh, uh, prospect reports at Red Wings, Ken Holland, uh, Jeff Blaschel, virtually everybody, uh, not the entire. <laughs> All the uh, people that aren't going to be here next year. Well, you know, I, I, I would, uh, I, I don't know about that. I, I really don't. Sure, know. I agree. You know, I, agree. I mean, we'll I think, I think that. a lot of people are under some sort of assumption, but, uh, I, you know, I, it's it's a dicey situation because this is a team that is used to winning. Now, you know, granted, you can say, well, really, even though they were making the playoffs, they really weren't doing much. But there's a mindset in that room and, you know, that it does mean something to you know be a Red Wing and be a Red Wing player. And I would imagine it was much like, when Michigan had that football streak of like 36 straight bowl games or something, mm -hmm. uh, maybe they weren't playing for the national championship. And then when you become part of the team that doesn't get the playoffs or make the playoffs or doesn't get to be the bowl, the streak ends, there's a, you know, there's great disappointment because they have a lot of pride. And I think that, you know, the Red Wings, the way they've played this year, it's not like very many, there haven't been really a whole, and I, I'm not all the games, there haven't been too many games where they've been ho completely horrible, 
but there have been far too many games where every mistake they make ends up in the back of their net. They can't seem to score goals on a consistent basis at, at times. And they sometimes give up the lead in the third period. So that's not the mark of a very good hockey club. Although I think in their hearts, they believe they're, they're close. They just, you know, and, and I think it's tough for, for veteran players on that team to try to figure out why can't we, you know, why can't we do it? And I think younger players are learning in a growth spurt. Anthony Mantha said something really interesting to me. He said, when I got to Grand Rapids, my first year pro, I thought that I could play the same way I did in junior. And he had so much success in junior uh, that he thought, you know, on some nights in the Quebec League, I could coast and I'd still scored three, four points. So it took him a while. And I think it takes, you know, everyone has a different learning curve. So I think, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that Mantha, because you know, Jimmy D was critical of him there for a while, which he has since apologized to him. Um, <laughs> Who has Jimmy D not I, I, been you know, I, Jimmy D is one of my all-time favorites. I mean, I think he is the modern-day architect of Red Wing hockey. I mean, until he got here from the Islanders, they were nothing. You know, and I, you know, I always kid him. You know, Jimmy Devolano will never trade a first-round draft pick. Why he's general manager, and when he did, it was for Brendan Shanahan. So that was a good. That was a good. That was a good. You know, choice of tra- trading your first-round pick, and then Detroit started trading in. That's kind of the reason why they're in the predicament they're in today is because in order to maintain that playoff streak, they traded a lot of high end draft picks, like first round picks and the picks that they did get and you know were lower round and now who's that kid in Phoenix that everybody just Well Jacob Chickering, you know, I I mean you know let's see what happens with Chalowski. Now I mean Chalowski was in college last year, did not have a good freshman year, and then decided to go to uh, the Western Hockey League, and he uh, he played out there. He's been traded. He's now with the Portland Winterhawks. He's having an absolutely phenomenal year. Phenomenal. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's you know he's he's right up there. Now, oh, he didn't make Canada's junior team. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Uh, you know, from the way it was explained to me, not by Red Wing officials, uh, that Chalowski, you know, Canada had a good crop of young defensemen. And when they were doing these world junior teams, there were two or three guys ahead of them that played his style of hockey. And then they needed tougher guys or bigger guys. You know, they needed a different type of defense. You can't have six all play the same game. And so Chalowski kind of got lost in the numbers, but Chalowski has tried to. Red Wing said, you got to get bigger. You got to do this. You got to do that. He did everything that they asked him. And so I think that, at one point, they were, you know, what's Shalowski going to be? I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Chikorin. I think he's a great player. And, you know, that, that, and that's all about Pavel Datsuk, you know, trying to trade his money. But the reason, and I think everybody knows this, the reason Ken Holland made that deal was to try to entice Steven Stamkos to come to Detroit. Sure. sure. You know, he needed that money. He needed to clear that space. And that's what his main thinking was. You know, thinking again, like, the Red Wings have thought for a number of years now, we get Steven Stamco, suddenly people want to come here and play with him, and we're a significantly better team. I think that Steve Eiserman was never going to let Steve uh, Stamkos go. I think he let him, you know, play your game, you know, uh, entice Toronto. I don't think he ever really was in contact with Detroit uh, talking about Stamkos, and then what Stevie do? Signed Stamkos almost right away. Right away. And then the next day, he 
takes Victor Hedman and signs yeah. him long-term too. I mean, that's the Red Wing way. I mean, you know, Steve is, if you look at the way Tampa Bay is, uh, you know, Stevie is is running it. You know, he learned from the Red Wings, obviously. So he kind of knows. Well, he got his stud defenseman in Hedman, you know, his premier scorer, and then they've drafted well. I mean, they, you know, Tampa Bay, considering the guys that they've lost and, you know, he mixes around, you know, Stevie isn't afraid to trade. I mean, that's, that that's, and, and, and you know, I know I'm rambling here because it's been so long since I've been on, <laughs> I, I've been on this podcast, but I, I just think that, <laughs> The Red Wings right now are in a transitional period. I think that they believe that they want to try to at least have some of the semblance of that Red Wing way and that veteran leadership and how to be a Detroit Red Wing in that room as they transition into this next generation. And I think that I think Anthony Mantha is going to be a a, a a goal scorer. You know, I think Mantha. You know, like I said, you know, he thought he was, you know, Mister Everything when he got here. I didn't. Doesn't know everybody to... think they're everything in juniors? Well, right. Well, that's exactly right. And you know, but he was Mister. He truly was. I mean, you know, he's scoring all these goals and all this kind of stuff. He comes here. He's a marksman. He's a good shooter. But you know, you have to round out your game. You know, you you mentioned Darren. You know, Darren was a fifty goal scorer. Kirk Malpe was a fifty goal scorer in junior. Oh, that's right. You right. know what? It's funny because Darren pointed that out, <laughs> that he was a 50 goal scorer right. in and, juniors. <laughs> but if you want to stay in the, you know, you want to stay in the men's league, uh, you might have to alter your game because not everybody can be a 50 goal scorer. And if you're not, you know, highly skilled and gifted, and I'm not saying that Malpe and, and Darren uh, are not because they were, I mean, they, you know, they made themselves into tremendous hockey players, but they fit a role. They understand that. Mantha's a high-end talent. He needs to score goals. How long is his contract, Art? Well, Mantha and Dylan Larkin and also uh, Andreas Athanasiu, because of the deal that he signed when he eventually made it to, to the Red Wings this season, they are all done with their their three-year entry-level contracts are done. Athanasiu's is like because of the one-year deal. But he... Larkin and and Mantha are in the same boat. So what Anthony Sioux went through last year is essentially what Larkin and Mantha and Anthony Sioux again are going to go through. Yet the way it really works out, you get your entry level deal, then you get a nice bump in pay in your second deal, but it's that third deal where you real it, you know you really really that's really what you retire in. on. Right. right, that's the big that's the big contract. Um, and, and that was part of the deal with Andreas Athanasiu, who's, you know, also a really good kid. Uh, you know, that was the thing, I guess, when he was in his holdout that people were looking at, were thinking, my God, you know, why are you doing it? You're getting money and you're making more, a lot more money. I mean, they're, they're paying you hold off because, you know, there's a certain pecking order. This is the way it's done. Three-year deal. Get a nice little bump in pay, and then boom, like you said, the, the deal to retire on. But you know, it's the world's different today, Newman, as we very well know. Sure. And, you know, and, 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 and the people's perceptions of themselves and what they think they should get and how it all is 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 a little bit different. So I I, I really think that the Red Wings this summer, you know, Larkin, obviously, they're going to get a deal done with him. They're going to get a deal done with Man, uh, Mantha. How much of a deal do you give an eleven goal scorer? Well, but he also has 
He leads the team in scoring. He has over 50 <laughs> points. Um, this is my, this is okay. my, this is my take on Dylan Larkin. He came in and he was a high draft pick, 15th overall. Uh, you know, he had a wonderful year at Michigan. Probably should have won the Hobie Baker. Like Kyle Connor should have, who's now going to be a thirty goal scorer for 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 the Winnipeg Jets. But anyway, uh, you know I'm partial to Michigan hockey. <laughs> Go Michigan, blue, Michigan general. But what happened was, is Larkin came in had a a pretty decent, really started off gangbusters. You know, his his first half of the rookie season kind of tailed off. But you know, he's not used to playing eighty two games. His sophomore season, where he did not have a good year, his second year at for the Red Wings. He was a real perimeter player, and it took him almost. He wanted to play center, and they kept him at wing because you know, putting center is 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 an adjustment. I think that it kind of finally dawned on him that they'll let you know. I can go into the opposing zone and skate on the perimeter. I can you know do figure eights and whatever mm-hmm. I want. The defensemen are going to let me stand out. You know they're going to let me skate out there because. If you're going to be a center in the NHL, and he wants to be, and if you're going to get results, you got to play between the dots. You got to go to the net. Right. You know, you have to. That's where you make your bread and butter, and you have to be good on faceoffs. It took him a while. Last year, last season, the last year at the Joe, he played the last 20 games at center with Athanasiu as one of his wingers, and they clicked. They put him at center this year, and he is stuck. But so I think that. You know, he's been better. You know, he's a minus player. I understand that. But, you know, he's learning how to take faceoffs. He's learning how to play center. You know, center, he has a lot of assists. You know, he's among the top 25 in the NHL in assists. Granted, his goal scoring done uh, is down, is, is not where it should be. I mean, he got two last night, so he now has 11. 11. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I'm thinking the way Dylan is and as committed as he is and, as you know, he's really, really uh, a very competitive. I mean, you can see it. I mean, it's tangible. <coughs> Excuse me. I, you know, I think next year the goal scoring comes in. You know, I think you know learning to play center. I think he wanted to, to you know, to, you know, get assists, give the puck up, become a playmaker. Let's put it that way. Now he has to become a goal scorer. I mean, you know, he may never be. You know, people talk about Jonathan Taves, and he's like Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves has never been a prolific goal scorer. But what has Taves done this year? Well, but he's older too. He is and, older. And you know, and, and let's be honest, you know, even as great as he is, and Patrick Kane is still pretty good, those guys have played a lot of hockey. And they missed the playoffs this year. Right. And they've missed the playoffs and you know, they've had to tinker with their lineup, you know, their defense, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, these guys, you know. They're facing kind of what the Red Wings face. Are know? we really in parity right now? Is the Par- NHL starting to look like the OHL where it's going to cycle? I, I think what you're seeing is in a hard cap league that if you get a player, you sign him. You know, like uh, Drysaddle and McDavid, you know, Edmonton, mm-hmm. boom, they, 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 boom, you know. So what the Red Wings are facing and what teams face now, and that's why they keep saying you have to build in the draft. Uh, and I think the Red Wings realize this, and there's nothing against some of their draft picks that they have right now. Michael Rasmussen, who plays for the Tri-City Americans in, in Washington State, is going to be a Red Wing next year. I've convinced myself of that. I have think you convinced Kenny Holland well, of that? Well, you know, yeah. I, I think that they look at Rasmussen, who his hand-eye coordination, he's 6'6". 
you know, he's going to grow into his body. Very serious player. Very serious young man. He's going to play left wing next year. I think he's going to be on the power play, and you will be amazed at his hand-eye coordination. I think that Michael Rasmussen will make the team and eventually make the jump to center. Larkin made the jump to center. I think next year, the way Larkin is, is that I think the goal scoring will come. I think, and when I say goal scoring will come, I think he'll be between 25 and 30, and then if he can get you know another 50, 60 assists, before you know it, he's an 80-point guy. Almost a point per game. And, and, and Dylan Larkin is capable of that. Is he, is he in the same class as a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews? Probably not. Well, you know what? But I believe the maybe fans. Maybe Jack Eichel. I mean. Well, and, you know, God love Jack Eichel. Just came back from his nice little injury there. Um, seems he's been to be hurt doing a lot. Well. But I think the fans expect that because we are the. Detroit Red Wings that they expect Dylan Larkin to be just like Connor McDavid, you know, because he has the winged wheel. Oh, well, certainly the expectations are always are, are always very high. Uh, you know, I know everyone is down on, on, you know, on the Red Wings, on their management team. They realize that, too. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, and Ken Holland has said this. We have to draft better. You know, they have 11 draft picks right now. They have two in the first round. If Philadelphia makes the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure they're going to, although the Florida Panthers now are, are streaking. I think Philly's going to make But I think they're going to make it at least as a wild card. All they have to do is make it. That conditional fourth-round pick becomes a third. So they have – Detroit has – I think if you look at it in the top – I can't remember. I'm going off the top of my head. But let's just say they have like four, five, or six guys in the first three rounds in a very deep draft. But they have to hit on them. You know, Detroit needs to hit on a player. And if they could win the lottery somehow, uh, and depending, I mean, the schedule that they have is pretty tough because most of the teams they're playing uh, from here on out in these remaining nine games are teams that, you know, really have things to play for. Washington's in tomorrow night. They have 91 points. They lead the Metropolitan. But two teams have 87, uh, and that's Pittsburgh and Columbus. And then uh, uh, Philadelphia has 86, and then New Jersey has 82. Mm-hmm. And then you have the uh, – but they're not in the same division. That's why I, I don't talk about Florida much, is that you know, Florida's right there at 80, and they have two games at hand to most of those teams. So, And the Panthers have been one of the hottest teams in the league. But my point being is, is, is that – uh, I, you know, Washington's going to come in here wanting points. Sure. You know, it's not like, hey, you know, they, you know, they're not the 118 or 120 point club they've been the last couple of seasons. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they, they just at 90 points. So they, 91 points, I mean, so they want to win. So that's going to be it. You know, Toronto on a Saturday against Babs, and then they play Montreal, where, you know, <laughs> I would imagine, you know, the Red Wings are still mathematically not eliminated. You know, last night because they won in New Jersey. All right, New Art, Jersey you know lost. No, 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 no. New Jersey lost. <laughs> got on, shelled Art. that they're you know they're they're hanging on by a thread. But their their next loss, or if New Jersey wins, and the you know, the Red Wings and, are done. So they know, happen. and they know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was just kind of joking about that. Right, I mean, but right. but 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 yeah. You know, what I'm saying is, is that you know then they play Montreal, and so they'll have to. Uh, you know, everybody want you know tank for Darlene. You know, be competitive. You know, lose well. 
You know, that, I think that, that that's that uh, right, might be right, the right. secret mantra to many Red Wing fans. Speaking of losing, we've got to lose a few minutes right here. We've got to pay a few of the bills. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to former NHLer, Minnesota North Star, San Jose Shark, Dean Cole's dad. We'll be back in just a few. Do you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well, the solution is United Photo Works. United Photo Works is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive 20% off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com. This is Fab Zot with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and deals in the D.com. It's December and time for our big finish event of 2017. That's right, Thad. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, Jeff, then you better get fired up and show them the deals. Okay. <coughs> Check this out. Lease the new Ram 1500 Crew Cab for just $159 per month. Or this new Jeep Compass for only $129 per month. Plus, you get a big screen TV with every lease. The big finish of 2017 is now here at Zot. Plus, you get a $1,000 black card loaded with a 1000 in travel credit with every new lease or purchase. Wow, you were fired up. That voice was amazing. With Ram leases at $159 a month and Jeep leases at $129 a month, how can you not be excited for our big finish event of 2017? Don't forget, we'll also throw in a big screen TV with every new vehicle lease or purchase, as well as a $1,000 travel gift card. DealsInAD.com. Get there! 1000 down plus tax, title, state fee, and first payment. Based on FCA EP discount and all available rebates. 36 months, 10,000 miles per year. When I was a kid working minimum wage, wishing 18 was the legal age. Dodge that the whole town heard. I decaled it up with a trans amber. I had an eight track player and a couple of speakers that took up the whole back seat. But there's a don't you dare park it in the driveway, son. You gotta park it out in the street. A good times are coming and gone. Guaranteed some more gonna come along. I'm gonna get my buzz like the All by myself, mom and dad at the door saying, What's that smell? And I had to get my hair cut, business in the front, and party in the back, just hoping my new boss would cut me some slack. It was a free for all at the Cobo Hall, watching the news. 
Castro town And it seemed absurd A girl flipped me the bird But she ended up coming around Well, a good times are coming and gone Guaranteed some more gonna come along I saw Bob Seger at the DTE But it's always gonna be behind up in me You know I don't remember how the things I did Well, I knew Kid Rock when he was just a kid And we're on the line with Dean Kolstad. First thing before we even go to Dean, want to mention that was Brian Vander Ark from the Verb Pipe on some of his solo stuff. And I'll tell you what, Dean, that's uh, your new best friend, isn't it? Yes, it is. He's a great guy. He lives over in Grand Rapids and uh, had the pleasure to meet him a couple different times and have played golf with him uh, a few times as well. That's uh, a lot of fun. So, Dean, we're uh, we're always glad to have you on. You know, it's been way too long since the last time we had you on the show. You were our K-Wings uh, insider from Kalamazoo. How are things going with the K-Wings over there? They're not doing too bad. You know, it's interesting, that league, uh, just like any other sports league, the, they get on their streaks, uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad, and depending on who's hurt or which players are called up, um, depends on really how their record goes so dean we were talking earlier today and i've got art regner sitting in here in studio with me um did you get a chance to do any of your homework on art regner today no please i i didn't and i'm very sorry i just got home (laughs) from uh work and uh but i am gonna look that up because it sounds kind of funny yeah yeah you you don't want to do that So, Dean, we were uh, we were talking about your career a little bit, and you played, you know, essentially professionally from '83 to '98. And if I had a look at it, you know, you had that very, very stellar year in '98. You know, when you had uh, you played 77 games. Oh, I'm sorry, 89, 90 with the K Wings. 
right? You had 77 games, 10 yeah. goals, 40 assists. You had a 50-point season. You know, so from that, you were called up to the Minnesota North Stars again, right? So tell me a little bit about yeah. your career. Tell me about your career path. Well, you know, I grew up in Edmonton and, and played minor hockey there and then uh, played in the Western Hockey League when I was uh, 15 and uh, got drafted by Minnesota and ended up in Kalamazoo. And, you know, having looked back on it now and, and knowing what I know about hockey and talking to different scouts and agents, you know, I, I was just too young at the time to play. Um, you know, I was 18 years old, 19 years old playing in the National Hockey League. And um, as a defenseman, they say you really don't hit your stride till you're 23 or 24. Um, you know, by that time, I had already played five or six years. And essentially, my career was winding down when really it should have just been getting started. You know, so if you look at your career, you know, everywhere from Prince Albert to Kalamazoo and then Minnesota, San Jose, you come back and then you're in Portland and then Central Texas. How in the hell did you end up in Michigan? Well, my wife's from Kalamazoo and, uh, of course, that was Minnesota's farm team uh, and that's who I got drafted by. And, uh, you know, I ended up that last year I played uh, in Central Texas uh, the last two years I was playing, um, and, and coaching. And, uh, I got offered a job, uh, as the coach and general manager of the team down there. And, uh, two days later, the folks that I worked for here, um, that I had worked for at the time for about six years offered me, uh, they had pro job, uh, at one of their golf courses. And, uh, I've been working there ever since, uh, for about the last 23, 24 years. All right, so that throws a curveball. So you're in the National Hockey League. You're the player assistant for the Central Texas Stampede, and you got a job offer to become a golf pro. So tell me a little bit about your golf history. Well, my golf history is uh, such that I was a pretty good player when I was younger back uh, playing junior golf uh, in Edmonton and uh, had some opportunities for – golf scholarships and that kind of thing down in the States. And of course chose the hockey path, which, uh, I'm glad I did. Um, but I always, uh, as most hockey players do continued playing in the summer and, uh, doing that kind of thing to keep busy. And, uh, you know, I, I just like the competition and the, the, uh, the, the fact that you're out there on your own a lot of the time, um, just trying to, to make a score and, uh, the competitiveness of tournaments is what I really like now. So it's gone over into a good uh, career move for me. And I've been doing it a long time. And um, I'm the director of golf over at Gull Lake View Golf Resort here uh, in, in the Kalamazoo Battle Creek area. And it, it's been a great decision for me and my family. Well, one of the things I really appreciate you, in addition to being an NHLer, being an alumni member, and being a golf pro is that you're always so accessible when we do the LPGA Celebrity Pro-Am out there in Grand Rapids for the Meyer Classic. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience with the Meyer Classic and why you like playing in that event. Well, um, not only that um, event as far as golf goes, but just anything I get to do um, with the alumni. Um, I've been very fortunate to... Uh, to be a part of a lot of cool things in my life um, as far as uh, raising money for 
different charities and and uh, trying to contribute any way I can. And, you know, that one's a real nice one for me because it fits the, the mold of I get to go play golf with some uh, great people. Um, every year I've played, I, I've met a lot of nice people. Um, and it opens up a lot of avenues for some uh, some contacts to be made outside of golf. Um, also, it provides uh, a great chance to, to help out um, that golf event. And the, the thing for me that's really cool is, you know, I get to play in the NHL, yes, but you get to go there and hang out with some pretty cool people, uh, Hall of Fame people, football players, baseball players, basketball players, um, musicians, everything. Uh, and, and it's just a great experience for me. I look forward to it every year. Well, the funny thing, and I always make the uh, comparison, for you being a hockey player and Brian Vanderark, who we just talked, the lead singer of the Verve Pipe, you know, Brian is about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, You're 6'6", six, six, right? And I remember standing there, and there's a bunch of you standing around, and it's Mahorn and Edwards <laughs> and uh, Brian Vanderark and Dean Colstead. And I was like, you know what? For the first time, these guys don't have to look down at anybody they're all talking to each other individually oh that's true and and the 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 best thing about it is is the conversation that goes on really some of it doesn't relate to anything any one of us has done brian with his music or or rick and um james edwards with the basketball or myself with hockey it's what's going on around the the world and you know, different other sports that are going on and talking about uh, everything other than the the sports we uh, took part in. How did you get involved with the Red Wing alumni? Well, when I got done, when I was the player coach the first year down in, uh, in the Western Professional Hockey League down in Texas, Lee Norwood was the coach, and I was his player assistant. And then the second year, um, Lee left and came back up here to Detroit and I think bought a golf course. I'm not sure about that, but I think he did with some other guys. And then uh, Bob Bourne from the New York Islander days came in and uh, took over as the um, uh, coach. And uh, I was his player assistant as well. So when I came back to Michigan, uh, Lee contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in coming over and playing in a game one night because they were short some players. And I got to go uh, over and play in that, and I've been out to, you know, Colorado with uh, Hexie and, and those guys, and it's just been a great experience, you know, um, playing now against some of the guys I played against, um, you know, last weekend being in the locker room with Larry Murphy, who was my partner, uh, or I was his partner, I should say. You're welcome. In Minnesota. <laughs> for the North Stars and uh, Mickey Redmond and uh, Darren McCarty. I think between them, they have 10 Stanley Cups. Um, that's pretty cool for someone like myself uh, to be able to sit in the locker room and talk to those guys, um, not ever having accomplished, uh, obviously, that feat. 
Dean, I, I wanted to ask you a question. You said something about, you know, being young and juniors and being 15 and then being an NHLer at 18. Red Wing fans right now, actually, it seems like everybody in the National Hockey League are obsessed with the Swedish defenseman Rasmus Dahlin, who is the consensus number one pick. Uh, in, in this year's draft in June, which is going to be held in Dallas. Uh, yeah, wing fans are, you know, they're probably lighting candles or something in church that, you know, that the Red Wings get him. Uh, uh, but he's only 17, although he's projected to be, you know, the next coming. You just said, you know, you were a little bit too young, you know, and, and defensemen traditionally, you know, really mature, like 23, 24, start to become into their prime. Do you think if the Red Wings or whomever gets Rasmus Dahlin, because he will be the number one pick, that the fan base should take a step back? Because as great as he might be, we're still talking about probably at that time just an 18-year-old kid, and that it might, as great as he is, it might take him a while to acclimate himself to life as an NHLer. Well, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, um, hockey's changed uh, from from back when I played, and and uh, the strategy of drafting players and forming teams in in the minor league systems has changed as well. But I think the biggest thing with someone like him, um, obviously, a much better player than I was at that age. Um, he's played, I believe, years of technically professional hockey. Yes, he against grown men over in Europe. And I think um, having watched him play some games in the Olympics and such uh, in the World Junior, um, you know, he's, he is a little bit more advanced along than obviously I was, but maybe somebody uh, his age that's playing in the Ontario League or Western Hockey League. Um, but those, those type of things, um, you know, everybody's in a hurry to see everybody do well and you know, back when, when Gretzky came into the league or, you know, you look at Connor McDavid, you know, in, in the last few years of how fast he progressed, it doesn't always happen that way. And it takes a really, really special player. Um, but to hear people talk, um, he is that special player. So it'll be interesting to see. But as in any player anybody picks up, the fans do have to uh, be a little bit patient um, because as a young player playing <laughs> professional sports, it's a tough go. Well, it, it, I, I, I want to ask a follow-up too, because do you think that, are you surprised or is it, as you just said, obviously training methods, uh, every draft pick that the uh, Red Wings had last year, they, and they used all 11 picks. I talked mm. to virtually every one of them at development camp. These kids have nutritionists. They have a personal trainer. I mean, they're, I, not that you weren't serious about your career. Maybe you didn't even have those options or knew those things kind of existed. They were smoking cigarettes in between periods. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, you know, go that ahead. Is, that is fun. Like my, my first coach in Kalamazoo was John Marks and he played a lot of years and had a successful career in, in um, Chicago with the Blackhawks. And, you know, he said when the season ended, his stuff got put in his trunk and then got put in his basement and then got put in his trunk when he was driving to the first day of training camp. You know, that was the first time he skated since the end of the year was the first day of training camp. And, and back then, you know, that's just what those guys did. You know, some of them weren't making enough money to, to be able to, to train and do all that. They had to have a regular job during the summer um, to maintain uh, their family life. Um, but now the guys, uh, I have a friend over here and, uh, 
in the Kalamazoo area that, that has players come in and he trains them. And, you know, these guys are as good as they're going to get and prepared as well as they can be when training camp starts. I mean, these guys, there's not, we're going to take a couple days to get loosened up and then work our way into some drills. These guys are hitting the ice full tilt just because of the way they take care of themselves and the way they train now. Um, and it shows the game is just so much faster. Um, everyone can skate, everyone can handle the puck, and it really is an exciting product to watch. Well, when you look at it, you're six six. Uh, you know, size uh, is still at a premium in the NHL. I mean, they love uh, uh, you know big strapping uh, uh, hockey players. If you would have had the uh, options that the young player has today, how far do you think you could have made it? How, how much of an impact would that have had on your career at making you, uh, 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 not that you weren't, you were in the NHL, but I mean, uh, obviously, uh, to have a long and distinguished career, do you look back and say, God, if I would have, you know, worked out and ate well and did this and did that and had all those, uh, you know, uh, things not sort of given to me, but did it, did you, do you believe that, Wow, if I was coming up today, I could really make a mark. Well, I think uh, I think a lot of the what you have to say is true. I think um, that I got by um, with the talent I had for a long time, just being able to skate and, and move the puck, and you know, physical at times and so on. But as you got older and as you got into the higher levels you were kind of marked as what they wanted you to do. And nowadays, you know, everybody is, you know, the six, three, six, four range. They all can skate like guys that were five, six and five, seven back in my day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the difference is that there's, there isn't a um, technically a third line or a fourth line player anymore. There's three or four, superstars and the rest are all really good players and you know they're the you don't need to hide anybody anymore everybody can play and everybody can do all the specialty teams and kill penalties and do all that kind of stuff so it's a little bit different uh than it was back then that's for sure well now they actually wear skates when they play the game so uh (laughs) back when you know you played uh so with that dean we're up against um we're up against a hard break so I want to thank you for calling in, and I did want to, as a personal note, congratulations on the engagement of your daughter. Look forward to her wedding yeah, in July. Yeah, thank you. I got I got a pretty good uh, DJ lined up. I think so is it Newman? That's it. So with that, you know, always great to talk to you, Dean. We're going to see you on Saturday, and we're going to pair you with one of those five six defensemen, Paul Weber. Um, so I always look forward to seeing you and your job is going to make sure that you, uh, neutralize that Jay Adams for the, uh, UCP team. So, yeah, that, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, they got some sled hockey before and it's just going to be a great event and he puts a lot of time and effort into it and, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So those of you that are out in the Kalamazoo area and you're looking to golf once again, Dean, what's the name of the club? Well, you want to come over to the Gull Lake View uh, Golf Resort. We have six golf courses uh, wow. spread out within about six or eight miles of each other, and we have uh, 
every uh, type of skill level player would enjoy it. There's a bunch of different teas they can play. Uh, we got some great restaurants, and uh, it's a great area for golf, uh, Southwest Michigan. All right, appreciate it. We'll see you on Saturday, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dean. Bye-bye. Bye. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll wrap up after we come back. Did you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well, the solution is United Photo Works. United Photo Works is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive 20% off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com. This is Thad Zot with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and Deals in the D.com. It's December and time for our big finish event of 2017. That's right, Thad. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, Jeff, then you better get fired up and show them the deals. Okay. <coughs> Check this out. Lease the new Ram 1500 Crew Cab for just $159 per month. Or this new Jeep Compass for only $129 per month. Plus, you get a big screen TV with every lease. The big finish of 2017 is now here at Zot. Plus, you get a $1,000 black card loaded with a 1000 in travel credit with every new lease or purchase. Wow, you were fired up. That voice was amazing. With Ram leases at $159 a month and Jeep leases at $129 a month, how can you not be excited for our big finish event of 2017? Don't forget, we'll also throw in a big screen TV with every new vehicle lease or purchase, as well as a $1,000 travel gift card. DealsInAD.com. Get there! 1000 down plus tax title, state fee, and first payment based on FCA EP discount and all available rebates. 36 months, 10,000 miles per year. I need inspiration. I'm so disconnected. I look to the streets, but they're so disinfected. I wish that I came from an edgier place with taxis and transients up in my face. Where you write what you know and you know what you write will be hailed as the second coming. There's a buzz on the streets where you grew up homeless and begging for change. Well, I'm begging for change because we're hung up on crosses and all begging bosses. And there's no inspiration, just appreciation for 70 and sunny and one for the money and two for the show on my lily white way. There lives a black man, the seal has been broken And they marvel at how he's so very well spoken He must be a doctor or something productive His body let go, but his color seductive And all of the women, he's touching their lives While they're safe at home, touching themselves And the men, they just love that there's something Anything happening at all behind bedroom walls Cause they're hung up on crosses and all begging bosses And there's no in- 
70 on Sunny and one for the money and two for the show on their lily white way. There's this 60s throwback who misses the dead. She's a liberal at heart, but conservative in bed. And she held out on Starbucks as long as she could. But the mom and pop store in our neighborhood. Well, the workers all look down their noses at her. She'll go broke trying to please them with tips. So she gets to the corporate run coffee shop early. Where the smell of it hits Before it reaches her limits She's bearing the crosses Of neighborhood losses And the uninspired And semi-retired She's 70 and sunny But it's one for the money And two for the show On her lily white way So we're going to fade out of Brian Vander Ark with Lily White Way. You know, one of the great things we love about Brian Vander Ark, except for the fact that he has given up his music and the verb pipe for our exclusive use on this podcast. Beautiful. Is that he has some really, really good solo stuff. I mean, a lot of people are huge verb pipe fans and, you know, the freshman is what everybody remembers, but his right. solo stuff and we're going to sign the deal hopefully this week where Brian Vader Ark and Jeff Daniels just came out with a solo album. Well, it was a duet album. Yes, yes. And just some really good shit on that. And I'm a huge Jeff Daniels fan, both of his acting and now with his music. So we want to thank Brian Vander Ark. We want to thank the Verb Pipe um, for giving us exclusive use of their music. Big fans, go check them out. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. So with that, Art, we've talked about a lot of things today, but I did, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss the things that the alumni are doing coming up. And starting with this Saturday, we actually have two games on Saturday. Wow. One is in Steamboat, Colorado, and we're just sending a few guys out there. Oh my Um, gosh. Are you going out there? I am not. I am stuck here. We're going to send George Bowman, the secretary. He's going to go out to Steamboat with Koser and Miller and Presley. And they're, they do a nice little charity thing out there. They do a clinic and then they're going to play a game on Saturday night against the Chiefs. Who owns the, the Charleston Chiefs? Chiefs? The Charleston Chiefs. And of course, if you're playing the Chiefs, who are you going to play? The Hanson Brothers. Absolutely. And we're always big fans of the Hanson Brothers and their interaction with the Red Wing alumni. Um, so those of you that are listening that are out in the Colorado area, please feel free to go by the Steamboat Hockey Classic. Wow. And you can see former Maybe NHLers. I'll drive out there. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think I'm going to be driving out there because the more important game yes. is we're going to be playing at Orchard Lake St. Mary's on Saturday, puck drop at 6 p.m. Uh, this is United Cerebral Palsy of mm. Detroit, the metro Detroit area, and Michigan. And these guys just do a fantastic job. Before our game, they have the sled hockey guys come out, give a demonstration, play an actual game. So it's going to be a lot of fun, our lineup. And once again, if you follow us on social media, through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we always like to post our 
lineups, but we've got a nice lineup for Saturday night. You know, our Red Wings, we got Brent Fedek, Mickey Redmond, Darren McCarty, John O'Grodnick. And then we've even got, you know, former Stanley Cup winner Craig Willannon, whose mm-hmm. kid was just signed by the Ottawa Senators. So congratulations to Craig. Way to go. Yep. We're going to have Kevin Miller's brother, Kip, another NHLer. Kip. He's going to be wearing the winged wheel for us while those brothers in Colorado. And then former NHLer Eric Reitz, two-time national championship with the University of Michigan, Greg Malachy. He'll be in goal for yeah, us all right. because Eddie is sick. Yeah, too bad, Eddie. Yeah, too bad. Sorry. Uh, Dean Colstead, who you just heard from. And then Pee Wee, Paul Weber, um, will be on defense. Todd Bidner, former NHLer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my personal favorite, number 44, former member of the Edmonton Oilers, Montreal Canadiens, and New York Rangers, Danny Newman. <laughs> pretty shallow but i can see why (laughs) anybody that's got newman on the back and you play for i know we play for the one on the front not the one on the back but it's a great lineup and we're probably going to have uh ralph nielsen the owner of the flint firebirds will come out and play defense for us awesome so that's this weekend looking forward um on march 31st we've got a great event that we're involved in. It's DetroitGatsby.org. This is one of those um, masquerade-type balls everybody's Ooh. got and, you know, tails and nice ball oh, gowns. I, I thought you were masquerade. I thought you were talking about <laughs> eyes wide shut or something like that. You know what? It looks like that. If you go on the website, uh, DetroitGatsby.org, that was the first thing that really jumped out at me. I was like, Wow, it looks kind of eyes wide shut. What, 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 what are we getting into? Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> no, I'm not complaining at all. When they approached me and said, you know, we'd like some of the guys. So we'll have John O'Grodnick out there. Eddie Mio, um, he's going to be better by then. He'll be in a nice little tuxedo. And for those of you baseball fans, we'll have Dave Rosma involved in that. Also, so... Then we go into April. We're going to be in Taylor at the Sports Complex playing Romulus on 414. And then <laughs> we just announced the game April 21st in Toledo. Guess the walleye? No, no, no. We're going to play the Toledo Police Department. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that story at all, but, you know, Troy Police Department just will you had, Will all the Michigan residents be issued a speeding ticket? They will. I think we're going to get special dispensation oh, good, just good. for that game. And Troy Police Department just had something on Twitter a couple of weeks ago about getting a police cat. Hashtag police cat. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the first thing that they did once they got their police cat is they challenged the Toledo Police Department to get, you know, a police cat. And so what the Toledo Police Department did is said, if we get 20,000 followers on Twitter, we will get a police cat. And they were at like 17,000 at the point. Um, so one of the things that we did as an alumni is we told them, look, we've got this game scheduled on the 21st and here's the deal. No cat, no wings. <laughs> oh, and, really? Yeah. And so fortunately for Toledo, they, um, they've they got over 20,000 followers now. They're going to have the cat. We're really looking forward. We haven't been down to Toledo in a while. We do Bowling Green each year. So we're looking forward to that. So that'll be on the 21st. Um, on the 19th of April, Ted Lindsay has his annual wine tasting for the Ted Lindsay Foundation for great, Autism. Great organization. Just a wonderful organization, and we're very excited to be involved in that. You know, Joe Koser, 
has um, taken over a role as honorary spokesperson. You know, as Ted is not able to make all events. Mm-hmm. You know, he's over ninety years old. He's right. doing great. He looks great. We saw him at Little Caesars the other night. Um, you know, as great man, great man, just a, a great man. Whenever they name a trophy after you, you know you're doing something yeah. right. There's no Gordy Howe trophy, but there is a Ted Lindsay trophy. Yeah, well, that should be rectified too. I think. Yeah. Well, um, and then on the 29th, we are going to play in Fraser, and that game itself is going to benefit the Ted Lindsay Foundation for Autism, also. And Beautiful. you know, we're locking it down, but right now it looks like we're going to have uh, the original grind line. Um, we're going to have all members of the grind line there: Draper, Maltby, Coser, and McCarty. Wow. So we're putting together right now, once we get the confirmation. Claude Lemieux going to be there? Uh, Claude Lemieux will not to be there. You know, <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that, that'll pretty much end our alumni season. But as we go into the summer, we briefly alluded to on 6-11. Uh, June 11th, we'll be at the LPGA Meyer Classic, which is going to have um, the Celebrity Pro-Am. We've got over 20... Uh, Red Wings that have committed, you know, Blashill's in, Mickey Redmond, Larry Murphy, Dino, D-Mac, Joe Koser. We'll have former PGA guys, former NHL guys. So that's always Sounds great. And that's a free event also on Tuesday at Egypt Valley out there at Grand Rapids. So if you're an autograph hound, one of those, you know, nerd alerts that wears the backpack whenever they're around, that's a really good event. And the guys don't mind signing on that day. Beautiful. And then looking just absolutely into the summer, you know, we're coming up on the 10th annual Joe Koser Foundation softball game this year. So it's the 25th of? 25th of August. That's a Saturday. That is a Saturday, Saturday every year. What's the weather forecast? Weather forecast, we are going to be 78 degrees, low humidity. (laughs) It's going to be sunny and it's going to be a wonderful day. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm telling you, we've already got over $100,000 in sponsors already for the Coaster Foundation event this year. Um, Adding games this year or no? We are not. You know, it's difficult. You've been there a lot of the years. We're still down to three games. You know, it'll be two sponsor games, you know, and then the celebrity versus celebrity game. Uh, but we are increasing once again this year the children's area, the kids area, adding more games, more things for people to do. So we'll have more as we go. We've actually started the conversations now on the Coaster Foundation of how to really that's make a, it That's special. great. I think I've missed one out of the uh, out of the M&M. Yeah, I had to go see Eminem yep. and Jay Z. I think that was sure. it. I've got a long memory. Yeah, that Art. was that at Comerica Park. <laughs> at Comerica Park, that's right. So with that, we're um we're over time. Uh, hopefully, we're not going to have a long as a break as we did this time. But appreciate you tuning in. Follow us on social media, and we appreciate the time. Art, thanks again for joining us. Anytime, Newman. Jessica, My pleasure. Thank you for working. Always the ones a and pleasure. Tears. Great.